Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Frank Todaro, otherwise known as Starscream. And you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Hi, this is John Barber from IDW Publishing. You are listening to The Pull Bag. Don't blame you for the state of society, Mike, so... <laughs> well, I mean, you know, usually any, any, anywhere I go, society usually crumbles, so there's that. <laughs> it's a good thing I haven't been to Canada since 1992. That's when it started. You've just jumped inside The Pull Bag. Join TFG1 Mike and the rest of the comic crew here at the GCRN as they make their great escape into comics. From DC, Marvel, and Image to IDW, Boom Studios, and Xenoscope, we have everything right here. We cover things like Transformers, He-Man, Superheroes, TMNT, and Radiant Black. Yeah, we have all that and so much more. It's all inside the pull bag here on the GeekCast Radio Network. So, without further ado, it's time to talk about the comics we're reading right now. Here inside the pull bag. Fuck you, asshole. Hello and welcome to The Pull Bag. This is episode 491, folks. We are nine, eight or nine episodes away from 500, and as of this recording, I've actually already recorded episodes 492, 493. Actually, I've recorded almost everything except 497, 498, and 499. So everything, including episode 500, has already been recorded. I am TFG on Mike. Joining me, I don't remember the last... Uh, no, I do remember the last time you were on. You were on 396. We did Batman Beyond Volume 6, Divide, Conquer, and Kill. It's JT from Saskatoon. Dear God, it's been a while since I've been here. Yes. Yes, it has. They uh, finally let you out of San Quentin, apparently. <laughs> yes, master. Hey, there's there's one way I can get that reference in there without actually getting that reference in there. I'm going to do it. Somebody get me the hell out of San Quentin. Well, Mike, <laughs> if you just put the cheese back where you found it, you wouldn't have been in trouble in the first place. If I was caught stealing, yeah, stealing it would not be stealing cheese. No. Ice cream, maybe, or pizza. Or anyway, so we are here. And I am doing things a little bit backwards, folks. Episode 488, Steve Megatron and I talked about Transformers Back to the Future. 
And now JT and I are going to be terminating the Transformers because IDW at the end of this year, as we've talked about in the past episodes, is losing the Transformers license. That is affirmative. Autobots, the time has come to fight back. Hasbro has a new partner for the comic license, but they are not revealing that yet, and I don't know why. For this and G.I. Joe, because I read an yeah. interview with uh, Larry Hama mm-hmm. last week talking about the end of uh, Real American Hero Volume 1.5, because, I mean, there was The Devil's Due, which was the official continuation, then there's the IDW thing here. Yeah. But he said he said the very thinly veiled that you know it won't be long before you see him and the rest of the Joe team again in action. So you know, yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. So like I said, we are here to talk about the four issue crossover series Transformers versus Terminator. Obviously, we are both Transformers fans. Obviously, you are a huge Terminator fan. Correct. Well, it's, yeah, it's something about seeing the movie at age six that sent me down this path. <laughs> I mean, my dad fell asleep before the post-apocalyptic intro scene of the movie, and he's like, no, you shouldn't watch this. It's too exciting. And I was like, okay, Dad. And I was like, three, two, one. Yeah. Well, let's go. Yep. Yep. And I mean, just this, like, I, I've been a Terminator fan from the beginning. I've seen most of the media... I've even seen seen Genesis once, and I will not say it what everyone else calls it because it's not. Sorry, it's I would not have been Genesis. All, it's not Phil Collins. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. Just brief tangent. Uh-huh. Tangent. Uh-huh. I would have probably at least enjoyed, like a once or twice viewing, enjoyed Genesis. I, I like Jai Courtney. I. He's my boy in the Suicide Squad, and the only bad thing about the Suicide Squad is you took my boy out. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a black mark on your record. But, and the idea of them, because it's time travel, it's wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I would have been down to. I, I might have enjoyed it. What soured me, and soured I think a lot of people was that very first trailer. You blew the twist of the movie in the first trailer, you millennial fucking idiots. <laughs> if you're going to turn John Connor into a fucking nanotech Terminator, cool. That's an interesting idea and well within the bounds of your franchise. You don't spoil that fucker in the first trailer. Yeah. And there's our adult warning for the episode. Oh, people, we've been doing this for nine and a half, almost ten years. March I of really 2023. sometimes. No, no, no. Dude. Yeah. Okay, what what is the Adam Sandler movie with the, the girl that supposedly has Tourette's, where she's like, shit, fuck damn, bah, ah, you know, like, I don't care. It's explicit. It's tagged explicit. After nine and a half years of anybody listening to the sound of our voices, if they don't know we're going to say curse words at some point, then they haven't been listening. I'm trying to figure out what in the Sam Hill uh, Terminator 5 even was. Like, I remember... Is that Salvation? No, that's that's 4. Genesis is 5. Because Dark Fate is 6. Yeah. Well, 6 movie. I mean... uh, Well, I mean... 
they were just doing something different. Like, you know, it's multiverse nowadays. Everyone's obsessed with alternate takes and all that. Yeah. Every I I've I, everyone's like Jai Courtney should have been Kyle Reese. It's not he was great as Kyle Reese. I mean he's definitely bigger than Michael Bean was in eighty four, but you know, I would have bought him. I've met some people very recently talking about Terminator. They thought Matt Smith should have been Kyle Reese. I was like, no, Matt Smith was the perfect guy because okay, he's part of the human resistance. You know, maybe he is the bad guy, maybe he isn't. Like that made sense. Even Salvation, I Salvation didn't hit as hard as the producers wanted, and they were supposed to turn that into a trilogy from what I've read. It was supposed to be a trilogy leading up to him sending uh, Kyle Reese back. Yeah. So it's like, essentially, they were creating this, the prequels of the Terminator universe. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, yeah. I haven't played Terminator Resistance, the one video game. But uh, from a few years ago, a friend of mine says, you know, the graphics aren't the great, but it's if you're a fan, it's fun. You know, it's a very basic game. Um, some of the comic books... Uh, especially uh, there's a miniseries called Sector War came out, I think, in 2019, which the events kind of take place concurrently with the events of the first film and where another Terminator goes to kill the mother of this future resistance fighter in NYC. Yeah. And such like, like Terminator is, as a story, as, you know, I, as an IP, it's rife with potential. You have... All sort like you you have all the Frank Miller Robocop versus Terminator comics. And I mean, Frank Miller's lost his damn mind, but the dude loves the idea of Murphy versus the T eight hundred, and I'm down for that. I and honestly, it's something I've talked with uh Ben Carver. Uh listeners will know him mostly from the podcast uh Animation Aficionados, where Mike and I have been on a few times in the past. Uh He's currently my co-host on the Comic Connoisseurs podcast. Give it a listen. And and he bitches and complains about how some comic stories read like fan fiction. I was like, man, at this point, all comics are fan fiction. Like after, say, 1985, and, and the rant will end very shortly, Mike, don't worry. No, no, no. Uh, it's good. Uh, after 1985, after Crisis on Infinite Earths, because by that point, comics, as we knew from the Silver Age, had been around about 25 years. There had been new guys coming in but there have been a lot of mainstays. Like we still had the, the King Jack Kirby was still with us. Steve get go was still working. Stan Lee was doing the odd writing thing, but he was getting much more in the, you know, the behind the scenes. Yeah. After that, once, if you became in, got into the industry, you know, major bones, we're talking John Romita jr. Kurt Busick, Alec Ross, Mark Wade, you know, the great, some of the greats like that, they're essentially writing the stories they had percolating in their heads from when they were first read, you know, Green Lantern number one or showcase number four, you know, justice league number three. If you get in, if you've been reading comics for years as a fan, you get into the industry, you are, you are essentially writing legitimized fan fiction. Like there's no different. This is something that a lot of us have been thinking about. What if the Terminator tried taking on Optimus prime? <laughs> like even that image, like yeah. uh, the, a link of, of my, a link that me and Mike both have opened on our browsers folks is 
the TF Wiki page for Transformers versus Terminator, and they have this interview, Transformers Terminator, and the tag at the bottom of the panels. Remember when we pitched this concept as a joke, thinking yeah. this would never happen? I mean, it'll happen. It has yeah. happened. We're going to talk about it now. Yeah, finally. absolutely. So Transformers versus Terminator. In the year 2029, oh, God, that's not far away. Jesus, uh, that's close. <laughs> yeah, the Earth has been laid to waste, ravaged by the Decepticons after their complete victory over the Autobots. To prevent this from occurring and ensure their own dominance, Skynet sends a lone T-800 unit back in time to 1984 to destroy the, der- the dormant Cybertronians and save the future. Oh, Lord. So this first issue, I just want to get this out of the way really quickly. I love what IDW does. I've loved what IDW has done since I started reading them back in 2012, 2013, right before the podcast started. And I don't know if it's most comic companies, but IDW goes all out for number ones. And I'm assuming like DC and Marvel and everybody else does too. But there are 14 covers for Transformers vs. Terminator number one, Enemy of My Enemy part one. 14 covers. Usually there's three. Now, out of these 14 covers, like the for the trade, like you said, it's the it's the um the classic Arnie missing half his face, but it's yeah, but it's Optimus Prime, and this is done by Gavin Fullerton. The banner art for this will be actually the IDW convention exclusive Soundwave and Skynet by Livio Remandelli because I love that cover the most out of all of these covers. And I just love Livio's art. I just love the way he does does his stuff. So that's the uh, that's the banner art for this. But man, I'm not the biggest like I'm not like you. I'm not the biggest, hugest Terminator fan. I don't dislike it. I saw the first film maybe right before the second one came out, and I was a kid then. I was eight or yeah. nine or whatever. Well, the first one came out in 84, so I was four. Second one came out in, what, 91, if I'm thinking? 91, 92. Somewhere probably. around there, yeah. I was like 11 or 12. So yeah. somewhere around 10, 11, or 12, I saw the first Terminator because my mom – let me wa- I've said that I say this on every podcast. My mom let me watch whatever I wanted to watch, you know, because she taught me that there's a difference between reality and fiction. And anything on a giant zenith old, you know, cabinet television, anything that comes out of that is fiction. It's not reality. It's a story. It's a this. It's a that. So, yeah. But and I like the first film. I love the second film. The second film is easily the best film out of the entire franchise. Yeah. Okay, I was waiting to see if you were going to agree or disagree on that one. Well, <laughs> that That's like saying water is wet, Mike. <laughs> well, you know. No, you know, no I get it. You know, I it's mean, one of those things. And, you know, this... I like seeing when IDW does these kind of things. So far, we've gotten... We have this. I mentioned earlier Transformers Back to the Future. We have something we haven't covered yet, which we will. We, i got to get those books before IDW doesn't have them anymore. Uh, Transformers My Little Pony. We have Transformers Ghostbusters. No, we don't have Transformers Ghostbusters. We have yes, Teenage Mutant No. Did, oh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. We had the green. Yeah, we had the Ecto-Optimus Prime. That's right. We did that. Duh. 
an Ectotron. Yeah, we have all this cool stuff from the '80s now in in today, and this is just I I said in episode 488 that uh, the Back to the Future one is probably going to be the last crossover they do because I don't think they're doing any more, and this is the second to last. And I'm reading this, and I'm like, oh wow, that's an interesting story. I I liked Enemy of My Enemy, but it didn't seem to me that the Terminator had any kind of Arnold anything. Obviously, it didn't have the man's likeness, but didn't really say any of the classic T-800 lines. And the Decepticons really didn't... They were just fighting back, weren't they? Well, um, I mean, when the, the, the issue opens, it's set... You know, in 2029, you get this, what you think is a human resistance fighter, and he runs right, you know, face to face with a T-800 model, and then the human starts speaking in binary code, revealing himself to be an T-800 infiltrator, and the the other Terminator with its perma-grimace is like, what are you doing? I'm smiling. It's something the humans do, and... Basically, the skinless terminator, the the skinless terminator looks at the skin job and says, "Stop it! It's creepy." <laughs> yeah, and very quickly they turned the idea, the traditional idea of a, tra- a terminator story, on the head. In that, the resistance, the terminators are the resistance. Skynet is on the back foot. They've created the time device to go back in time and save the future. Yeah. Not so instead of preserving the future, and then they almost get nailed by uh, Starscream. And again, I, it's something about Alex Milne's art we mentioned, uh, should have mentioned the, the yeah, series is written gonna... by John, sorry, John Barber, uh, and Alex Min, who doing the research for this and reading on like the TF wiki, I did not know he got his start with uh, Dreamwave Transformers yep. back in the day, which is I thought was really cool. And he's one of the few that still kind of want the blood of Pat Lee <laughs> because of everything there. Just look at the history of Dreamwave comics, folks, uh, and yeah. educate yourself. It's a sa- it's a sadly fascinating cha- uh, a sadly fascinating chapter in the history of Transformers comics. But yeah, uh, they, I love how Barber flipped it like that and it's it's just the dialogue and it's part of it's mostly Alex Milne's art I hear Chris Lotta when you oh, see the scream. Yeah, absolutely. Most definitely. Yes. Yeah. He's like, don't move, flesh bag or you know, because he thinks it's a mm-hmm. human because he, he's arrogant like that and the Terminator blinks out. He's like, oh well, let's get back to blasting the rest of them to pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go to nineteen eighty four. I honestly I, it didn't occur to me when I first heard this series. I did not think they were going to include Sarah Connor. I honestly <laughs> thought it was, it's just going to be the Terminator going back in time. I, I figured, you know, if they do any, he's going back in time. I didn't think specifically he was going to 84 to the eruption of Mount St. Hillary. Yeah. You know, all like that. Uh, I mean, it's basically Terminator 1984 meets Transformers and more than meets the eye. The first three-parter when... Well, they came out the same year. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's basically a... And I'm not saying it basic meaning, oh, it's just generic. I'm saying it's 1984 in 2022 
or 2020 or whenever this came originally came out. It's basically, yeah, it's, it's basically combining the two things, the beginning of the two things in this first issue. Like well, you said, the, the eruption of Mount St. Hillary and then the reveal of the Ark. Now what would be really cool is if they do like a five way crossover between GI Joe transformers, Terminator, the Ninja turtles and back to the future. And they yeah. almost did the IDDW did something like that years ago with their infestation crossovers. Yep. But yeah, no, I, I love the fact that the Terminator, like you see the Terminator go back in time and, and he ends up, it's like the same day from 84 term, like the film Sarah Connor, you know, gets uh, this asshole customer. She falls him. I was like, no, you're going to pay for your meal, buddy. And he just happens to be getting a cab over engine truck, like, you know, Optimus, my Optimus Prime's alt mode. Yeah. Terminator shows up, uh, you know, bare ass naked as Terminators are wont to do because they got nothing to be ashamed of. Nope. <laughs> and, uh, he basically pulls, I need your clothes, your boots and your rig. Yeah. And they take off. Do you know what I'm out saying? It's like, you go on the five. What is the five, the freeway? And just the way Milne, the, the Terminator looks at the truck and he's got that dumb smile. He's freeway. <laughs> you know, and they go to the volcano and you're going to the volcano. You're going to drive right now. We're going to that. And it's just like, it didn't seem like in the cartoon that the re- humanity knew the transformers existed, but they didn't know where they were. I was well, like, how in the cartoon, well, that's what did, I mean. They did. And they didn't. Well, so yeah, in more than meets the eye, when they leave Cyber, I think this is part two. When they leave Cybertron, they crash land on Earth. It fast forwards four million years, and then everybody gets woken up and whatever else. And the first time the humans see them is when Megatron is at, like attacking Sherman Dam or something. Yeah, and but, they meet Spike and Sparkplug and all that. But my question is, the ass end of the arc is sticking out of the base of a fucking volcano. A (laughs) blind man could see that. Yeah. How is that place not survive? How is that place not turn Mount St. Hillary turned into a city, not unlike Macross Island in Robotech. Like how is there not an entire military base surrounding this volcano where there is a fucking space? Like, I know it's the eighties. I know it's a cartoon. I know I'm overthinking it back to the comics. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, but the thing is, is that, so this, this wide shot here where, um, where they're driving up to it and, uh, but it looks like you're too late to save the world. Like that wide shot of it zooming in on the volcano itself. It you from the from the i from i five, you can't see the ship. The ship is on the other side. So the ship is the crash landed portion of the ship is on the side where you're you're not going to be able to see it from the road. I don't think. So that's probably why. But well, yeah, I, I mean, but in general, you think nobody would have been walking hiking past the base of this dormant volcano in like nineteen eighty two, like. It, anyway, I'm just Maybe. saying, like, humanity is hum, humans are ignorant, and we deserve our destruction. This is what I'm saying. So we get uh, Sky Spy, you know, doing his thing and doing the 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 scanning of the vehicles so the Transformers can wake up and 
And for this first issue, the last one that wakes up is Megatron. Yeah. And the T-800 says, I will see you in hell. And that's the first thing to know that uh, Barber must be a huge fan of uh, Terminator 2. Because mm-hmm. this this version of Arnie, and I, I think Milne is doing his... It's not a one-to-one, but I think it's intended to be the T-800 from the original film, like Arnie. Yeah. Although he doesn't have like the massive, massive neck head that he had in the yeah, original yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't think they got the likeness rights, but it's close enough. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got the, the, the badass yeah. mofo shades and the the... the 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 fingerless gloves with like the openings for his knuckles, which I never understood that. But I mean, you got lines like quick thinking, so I kind of, this is a much more efficient path or, yeah. you know, I'll see you in hell. And he's practically got this joke. Like he's about to charge into battle, you know, yelling the name of his God, Chuck Norris kind of smile <laughs> on his face. Yep. And then, and then literally, the smile on Megatron's face is like, he's like, look at the rest of, can you believe this dumb motherfucker right here? Mm-hmm. And Starscream's like, I know, right? Like, what the hell? And then Prime, I mean, he's still knocked out, but he could practically say, I don't get paid enough energy on for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I love the, uh, as we get into the second issue, I love uh, Freddie E. Williams the second is a, He's done some of my favorite crossover. He's done uh, Injustice, Masters of the Universe, and yep. uh, Thundercats, He-Man. Man. Uh, he's he, he also did. Um, he worked on. Yeah, he was the artist because Jeremy Caldwell was the colorist. Uh, Batman TMNT volumes one through three. No, yeah, one, the, two, and three. So yeah, and it's I I love that there's almost uh, no sharp corners with a lot of his work. Yep. Like it's got this not not softness, but a a rounded aspect to it that it just I I love it. Like uh, not animated, but it it's along those lines, and it's this great cover of Megatron looming over the future war battlefield with the hunter killer tanks, and I think they're just hunter killer hover jets, or I don't know if they have a specific designation for that. Yeah. He's like holding the whole thing in the palm of his hand. We get into the thing where Megatron's, you know, opining as Frank Welker, I mean Megatron. Yeah. yeah. Is want to do. Yep. And I love how he's laughing. Like the Terminator walks up with a shoddy, a pump action shotgun that he probably stole from a cop. You know, and Megatron's laughing. He's like, who, you know, where he says, who disturbs my moment of triumph? I was thinking, who disturbs my coronation? Yeah. And, and, and then he, he kind of won, not exactly, he one-shots Megatron right in the eye. Yep. And he's like, ah, the son of a... It's almost a Yosemite Sam Razin Frazin frickin' frickin'. Yep. And, and the whole time, Sarah's just like numbly wandering around trying to not die and all this chaos. Yeah, so this story, folks, like I I don't okay, I don't mind that we need to have human characters in Transformers stories. I don't mind that at all. I like Spike. I like Sparkplug. I liked Chip Chase 
fine, whatever. You know, but honestly, I don't know why Sarah Connor is here. It's Terminator. It's 1984. I understand that, but she's not adding to anything. Like, she's not, right, in this second issue, she's not really helping. Like you said, she's just running around trying to make sure she doesn't get killed. That's all she's doing but in this issue. That was the, that's from, the, like, the first film. Like, she really didn't accomplish, you know, like, she's in the story, but mm-hmm. not, not that she's exactly damseled in the first story, but she doesn't become prevalent to the events of the story until like the third act of the film mm. somewhat. So as we'll see as the story goes on here, but yeah, Starscream tells Soundwave, would you deal with this pest? He lets out ravage, which is ravage is easily like six times the size. Uh, yeah. I love the art on mill where you see ravage, you know, uh, it's got very cartoony aspect of Sarah, like, you know, assholes and elbows running and then Ravage, his front paws are all the way back, and his back paws are all the way forward. Like he's about, Ravage is about to start doing that uh, boot scooting on the floor that dogs do when they got a scratch there. Yep. I just, I laughed at looking at that. And then we get back to the fight. Um, Soundwave doing the Sonic Blast, which I don't think he ever did in the cartoons. And why would you not have him have some sort of Sonic attack ability? He did at a cup he didn't use it all the time yeah it was more blasters thing blaster would use uh, uh sonic boom but type yeah stuff. but i mean soundwave was there first i mean if, if oh, uh, yeah. it's gonna be is if he's gonna be uh, to use ver- video game vernacular if he's gonna be spamming his null ray all yeah. the goddamn time then soundwave could you know do that um but yeah the, the fighting go i love uh the Terminator like grabs a Decepticon weapon, pops Skywarp. Sarah's like trying to, you know, get away from Ravage and just manages to knock the scanner over so it zaps Prime and you know Teletran One goes to work. And it's just, you know, that's that's a Hulk punching Thor shot where Optimus gets up and he clocks, you know, Starscream in the jaw. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Ravage, bad kitty. And he slaps <laughs> Soundwave with Ravage. And then we get the moment where she you know, becomes part of the story where she turns the scanner on Bumblebee and she becomes, you know, the spike mm-hmm. of yeah. this universe, which I'm down for that because clearly we're not going to get the wit- wikis in this story. Yeah. And that's fine. That's okay. I don't, like I said, you know, it's, it's mixing the, the two brands without mixing them all together. Yeah. So now th- th- there's that shot where um, Optimus and Megatron are scoring up after B comes in. It's like, I'm with you prime. Let's get rid of these deceptive creeps again. Dan Gilvezen all the mm-hmm. way. Oh yeah. And I don't know if it's the dialogue or they have that dash between Decepta and creeps. You know, Optimus and Megatron are squaring up. Why, why does Megatron not have his Mason chain? Uh, Optimus is lit. He's brought out Optimus the axe. Optimus has like, the axe. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, wait a minute. Where's the purple mace? What's going yeah. on here? I mean, even the Funko Pop has the purple, one of the Funko Pop. Even Pops I got the, uh, a while back, I haven't taken it out of the package yet, but I've got the Megatron RED figure from uh, Transformers, like the reformatting one. Yep. Where he gets like, the, oh, uh, you have that one? Oh, you'll have to take a picture of that and send it to me. You don't have to open yeah. it out of the box, but you'll, yeah, you'll yeah. have to. 
Yeah, that, wow. that one's sweet. He's got like an energon cube, and he gets the mace, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. and chain. So they get to uh, Tuslin. Megatron's like Decepticons regroup, which is Cybertronian for let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and uh, you know Optimus does his usual. I am Optimus Prime. We are Autobots. Like you, Peter Cullen. Like you can't help. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I do love the thing where the Terminator is like still. You know he's going to con- continue trying to achieve his objective. Just the look on B's face, where he's like, "Knock that off, or I'm going to whoop you." <laughs> yep. And the Terminator almost has this, like, I have made a mistake look, but it's just a static skull image, so why not? And then Sarah gets her whole angry rant, which she never really had in the first movie, and I always felt that's something that was kind of missing. Mm-hmm. Like, she, th- of course, it's Linda Hamilton. So yeah. that, that she, she has her rant, and then you have the Terminator B in Prime just looking at her like, well, damn. And she's like, fine, can I go home now, please? And then Prime is just like, a sentient biological life form. Who would have expected such a thing? And the Terminator's like, yeah, Sarah, get the hell out of the way. I still got to knock these guys out. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, there's just the, it's not humor, humor. It's just yeah, the whole thing. And <clears throat> I love the, uh, the flash forward flashback of how the Decepticons rose up. Uh, mm-hmm. Skywatch, which is a concept from the IDW uh, tra- Transformers comics. They create Skynet brand synergy. I love how the giant supercomputer has the giant um, memory banks that look like the brain chip from T2. Yep. Uh, and just everything. And it's, you know, I love Prime Speech. And Sarah's like, that was pretty inspirational, don't you think? And then the Terminator's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you, like, again, it's the Terminator. And by the end of the story, it, it's not a spoiler, but the Terminator terminates. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, the, and this book is a couple of years. This book is a couple of years old, so it's fine. Well, it, it's just by this point, when I first read this story, you know, a couple of years ago, because uh, I do have the physical issues that just mm-hmm. buried somewhere in the depths of my collection. I didn't feel like going through no, all that, what... you know, well, no, I mean, cause it'd be like, I'd be halfway there. And it's like, Oh, X-Men 93. I'm going to read that later. And then next thing you know, I've just got a six foot tall stack of comics that I'm going to read. And I still haven't found the ones I was looking for. Yeah. But uh, at this point, originally I had fooled myself into thinking this was a T 800 from T two kind of situation. Yeah. And as I read this, I was like, oh, I see what they did. Yeah. They So we have Sarah Connor. We have the T-800, which is Arnold-ish, I'll say. Mm-hmm. But they made Bumblebee John Connor, essentially. <laughs> Somewhat. Yeah, or Kyle Reese-ish. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we go to the coast of Oregon as the, the Decepticons are just kind of reconvening and, you know, making a plan and... Starscream nonchalantly blows up Beachcomber's uh, alt form. Yeah. You know, because, well, Starscream is an, a city bot, not a beach yeah. bot. <laughs> and I forgot they named the camera Decepticon Refractor. I completely forgot that. Yeah. So you have that thing where Megatron bombshell refractor report. 
Yeah, and I'm like, Refractor? Oh, right, they lost the whatever for Reflector. But it's always going to be Reflector in my... Oh, like, yeah. I, I don't, like... The only one in Transformers history that I don't mind that they changed, and I understand why they changed it, and we talk about this all the time over on All Things Transformers, obviously the Dinobot slag, apparently in some European countries, that's a curse word. So they changed the C word in Europe. Oh, wow. Okay, then. So they changed it to slug. And I don't, now that I understand and I realize, I'm like, oh, so it's like he fired himself like a bullet and he's a slug. He's a slug for, you know, he's essentially a bullet uh, triceratops. And I'm fine with that. I honestly, I would have just called him Sarge and just not have that mean any, it's just a name in Cybertronian. Yeah, but given that he's the second in command of the Dinobots, it makes sense that for him to be the sergeant. But you know, also yeah. the one thing I didn't notice until this reread was uh, in that over shoulder shot of Megatron. You see two refractors, mm-hmm. but going forward in the issue and in the art, you only ever see the two, and it's not like that creepy. Stepford Wives, three of them speaking at the same time, transforming into one device thing from mm-hmm. the animated series. Like, you only ever really see the two. Like, there's some odd background silhouettes yeah. in where, where they attack Cyberdyne, and you see two refractors, and there might be a third one back there, but I never noticed that until this reread as we end the second issue. We get another awesome Freddie Williams mm-hmm. uh, cover, which if they ever turn this into like a directed DVD uh, <laughs> animated film, which it would be awesome. This would be the poster. This. Oh yeah. Third, this Optimus prime. Yeah. Either that, or, you know, we have to look at some of the multiple covers yep. from uh, on the wiki there, but I think that's a prime hey, contender for a movie poster. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. What's yeah, that from, line? Good. I was just saying, like, that line from that Rise of the Ninja Turtles movie on Netflix, if this isn't the poster shot, somebody's getting fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there are there are a couple of the Freddie, Freddie E. Williams, the second poster uh, covers that I would say is the poster. But honestly, that very first cover, the, the Terminator Wears Optimus Prime's Face by Gavin Fullerton, or again, for me, it's that Soundwave cover from Livio Remindelli. Those would make awesome posters. Yeah, even uh, I think the the cover A by Gavin Fullerton for the second one, where I think that's the one you mentioned, where it's the Terminator in the Time Sphere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Gavin did all of cover A. So for all four issues, Gavin. Fullerton did the cover A for all four issues. So the first one, as we said, is Optimus Prime and Terminator face thing. The second one is the Terminator Optimus Prime sphere. The third one is, what is it? It's, um, oh, it's uh, Sarah and the Terminator riding uh, uh, on the motorcycle alongside Optimus and Bumblebee. And then for the fourth one, it is... Uh, Sarah and the Terminator and Megatron by Gavin Fullerton. I don't know. It, like the first two make sense. The the 
the three and four from Gavin don't make any sense because they don't mix in with the the first two covers anyway. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and so I also love the fact that they Gavin does like a pretty one to one shot of the bike the Terminator was riding in the first movie on that uh, mm-hmm. cover for the third issue. That's just just mwah, chef's kiss. Yep. Uh, and one thing to mention about Alex Milne's art, like he, I first noticed him when he came on the Transformers, which was the series that came after all hail Megatron. Uh, yeah, his the design, ongoing, yeah. yeah. His design work for the Transformers is among the best there is. And uh, like, I love all the panels and the bits and they still have, it's like the uh, designs of the Transformers in the beginning of the Bumblebee movie, where mm-hmm. they still very much look like they're animated or OG, you know, appearances, but tweaked slightly. Something they could have easily done with the Bay movies, but why should we bother doing that when we can just make them look like crumbled up tinfoil? It's cheaper. Not yep. that I'm bitter. Um, <laughs> but I'm just wondering if he ever sours on comics if Milne has considered working for safe uh, flame toys or one of those third party transformer fan things, because I don't see how his designs could not be turned into some of those gorgeous, gorgeous transformer collectibles. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the fact that he designed RC's alt mode to be an 83 Ford Mustang is just, (laughs) That that did two thumbs. Up. How about that? Uh, how, how about that RC design for uh, uh, Earthspark? That muscle car design for the Earthspark cartoon on on uh, Nickelodeon coming up. That I was actually awesome. haven't seen much about Earthspark. Yet, I'll have so to. I'll, I'll, sh- I'll, sh- I'll show it to you later. So yeah. ter- so issue three, we have you know Megatron and the Autobots and and all that. And what I like about this is I like them giving us panels like what's on, um, well, in the trade, it's page 53, but it's that panel where it's all of the Terminator's vision. where oh, from we, his perspective? Yeah, from his perspective. Hey, think you can lend us a hand? What is your designation anyway? And, and you see the little text, you know, where he's targeting things. Saracana, threat level rising. Uh, unidentified Cybertronian status enacted. You know, I just, I love seeing that from the T-800's perspective. I think that is so cool. Yeah. Also, I think that's... No, that's one of the... I think that's Grimlock that they're trying to drag there. If he, He's got, like, the golden s- spike knucks there. Yep. And, yeah, it, Terminator's just watching the scene. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It really rolls off the tongue, huh? Terminator unit. <laughs> and he's like, just the, the implied this bitch right here. <laughs> He's like, okay, uh, Terminator. And and, and he, I love how he puts his hands on his shoulders. He's like, you're not listening. I'm going to kill these guys. Yeah. 
And then uh, I love how uh, when he scans RC, mm-hmm. and that's in line with RC from the IDW verse, not yep. you know Susan Blue from the animated series or animated or the OG animated series or yeah. Transformers or Transformers. Like yeah. Ma- yeah, what RC first name? Do not fuck with. <laughs> yes, yes, she is IDW RC, and it is a, that's what I, that's again that's what I like about this book. They have taken so many different things in so many different ways and combined them all to make a decent, interesting story to the point of it doesn't matter if it's, you know, uh, IDWRC design or if it's G1 Bumblebee or if it's, you know, you know, give me your face. Well, I guess it would technically matter if it was give me your face, but... But yeah, I mean, and some of the... The way Alex draws uh, Optimus and Truck Mode... I want an. I don't want it. I, it can transform. Fine, whatever. But I want this Optimus design in a truck form, like a, a Matchbox Optimus or something like this truck. Yeah. In this book is freaking amazing. Yeah, because I've got. Excuse me, as I grab it here because it's right next to my desk. I've got this. Uh, if you've ever seen them at Walmart, folks, they have the uh, Jada J A D A. I've got the uh, you last have the nano night. figs. Oh, uh, okay. Like the the diecast, yeah, movie accurate vehicle. And if you look on the bottom, you see like the the form of Ultimus, or it looks Ultimus. You, you see him. It looks like um, when you look at the carbon freeze Han in Star Wars, like that yep. sort of thing of Optimus on the bottom. And, and it's like I said a few minutes. Yeah, like Alex Min, like this take this design for Optimus and figure out a way to put it into something the size of the MP10, you know, mm-hmm. Masterpiece Prime would yep. be great. You know, we got uh, Cranky Old Ratchet, who I don't know how much of a, what they would have had to have done, but the only way Ratchet could have been better in the animated series back in the day is if they got to force goddamn Kelly to voice him. Yeah, even I, though he's named in honor of Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, can you imagine how much better some of those lines coming from the voice of Doctor Leonard McCoy mm-hmm. coming out of Ratchet's voice, or, or uh, oh God, Jeffrey Combs from uh, Prime, yeah, would yeah. be great. But yeah, we got we get everyone's favorite mad scientist Autobot Wheeljack. You know, him and Ratchet are trying to get everyone tuned up, but they've got a very small number of, I think pretty much all the Autobots we see here, it's Optimus velocity is like an, an IDW original turns into a trans am. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, BRC ratchet and wheeljack. Like there, there's a couple others I think we see, but most of them are still inactive. They're starting to pair off. You know, you get Terminator going with RC, Sarah going with Bumblebee. I love how uh, the camaraderie that B and Sarah join as they, as they, you know, Hey, what's your deal? Hey, what's your deal? Mm-hmm. And he's like, so a waitress was that I take <laughs> orders from people and sounds like a warrior to me. Yep. And you know, they go off to do their thing. Uh, again, just that 83. My mom had like a tra- uh, Mustang like that when I was a kid, I wanted that to be my first car, and sadly, they got rid of it before I even got close to getting my license. So, you know, missed opportunity. 
I, I love how Terminator gets in. I don't have any weapons. And then RC is like, I got something for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is IDWRC because she has – she's always loaded with stuff. Do you have blades? Blades for days. Blades mm-hmm. for days? Blades yep. for days. <laughs> and so, yeah, we go back to the assault of Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne's barely – they're like the, a manufacturing – like the one manufacturing plant. There's uh, – I don't get it. And there's that one shot of that dude who's got like the beard and the long hair – I don't know what the why Milne drew that guy in there, although mm-hmm. I have a theory. There is a Dark Horse Terminator comic that takes place after the original film, mm-hmm. prior to Terminator 2, and it focuses on Kyle Reese, who wasn't as dead. It posited that Kyle Reese wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of drawn to look like that in that comic. I don't know if that's a reference to that or not. It would be really cool if it did. Yeah. Uh, Going back really quickly, I've been doing some quick research here, and I I do agree with you about Ratchet's voice. However, I had forgotten who originally – I remember Ratchet's voice from G1. Yeah. I'll never forget it, but I forgot whose voice it was. It's fucking Don Messick. It's Scooby fucking do. Voicing Ratchet, Gears, Scavenger. He was Kremzeek. Like Scooby Doo was crazy. Optimus Rhyme. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god. So while I do agree with you about yes, Jeffrey Combs and and all of that, but like I was trying to like like I said, I have Ratchet's voice in my head. I know what '84 Ratchet sounds like, but I didn't remember who it was. And I looked, I'm like, oh my god. And I'm sorry, I'm just yeah. imagining an, any episode of Transformers now where Ratchet just goes crazy. <laughs> Like it's it, yeah. It, he he's become the Groot of the Transformers universe in that moment. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So they're they're heading out. Uh, they they have that scene of refractor, uh, you know, getting the cubes like sound wave. You know, doing the the classic like that pushing out empty cubes and them plugging into the turbines. Like that's right out of the animated series. You know, mm-hmm. the Insecticon's got an Insecticon. Yeah. Megatron. N- clearly not getting the idea that, like, the whole time, like, he's just underestimating and arrogantly underestimating what's going Prime in his soul. He's assuming that Prime's ready to take him out. He's assuming yeah. that Prime is even remotely going to give it, a, give him a good fight. And he's barely holding it together. You get that next scene, the heavy face and shadow in his eyes. It's almost like he's about to cry when he's looking out and he sees like the, the remains of not beachcomber on the beach. I want to say, it's, yeah, I want to say it's beachcomber because it looks well, just no, like because they mode. hadn't. Well, yeah, it was his alt mode. Like that would have been the dune buggy that they scanned for beach. It's just, yeah. Beach never even got reactivated. And then they you see uh Sarah had to stop at Sears to get some clothes and she gets into the outfit that she had, you know, to the third act of the movie, and she's got the same scratches on her face like in yep. the movie. And I love the attention to detail. Yeah, the uh, attention to detail in this is great. 
I honestly thought uh, RC was going to get one-shotted like uh, Dick Miller in this scene where they go to the... uh, It's like part the gun store and part the uh, weapons locker from T2 where like all the candy is available to the Terminator. Mm -hmm. And you see RC, she picks up her Cybertronian flaming trench knives that... I don't know how what the idea was to give RC flaming swords as a standard weapon, but I love it. And yep. you know, you'll find. And I love the the foreshadowing here. Is like you will, you'll find out just how much experience as a warmer warrior I have. And it's like, I thought when he they're driving out of the arc and he chucks the bombs over his shoulder like that. How did RC not see that? <laughs> I don't know. Like he, he's doing it like three or four times as they reconnoiter around the base. How do you not notice this shit? Yeah, exactly. Like you might be four million years old, babe, but your tech is still light years ahead of the Terminators. Yeah, but you know we get back to it, it again. Attention to detail. He got Bumblebee and Sarah scoping the attack on Cyberdyne over the ridge, just like. I think that's like from episode three or four of the original, like the original cartoons first season. Yeah. It's yeah. It's uh, it's when they were at, um, or there might even been like the space bridge episode, but no, it was, yeah, it was when they were at, uh, 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 the dam when they were at the fake, uh, power plant. Oh, Megatron faked them out. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it's from. I always love it in Transformers where a transfer grabs their human pal and like jumps and rolls and transforms and guns mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, I love that shot. Uh, apparently I've looked this up before the, the sound effects like, mm-hmm. like apparently that is phonetically how you spell the transformation sound from Transformers. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, you know, they take off, they run right into, you know, Megatron and Soundwave and one of Refractor's parts. Uh, I love how Skyward bips out and then immediately eats it. Yeah. Like Optimus Prime literally just, thanks for being so obliging. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for playing. See you next time. Oh, and now you bring out the Mace Megatron, you lazy... Lazy, lazy robot. Like lazy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Good. But yeah, and, and again, I love the as their both squads are squaring off like that. I love Optimus doing like the heroic, you know, one arming his gun. You know, that's like the rock one arming an M and mob modus machine gun in you know retaliation, mm-hmm. which I hold is still a way better G.I. Joe movie than it has any right to be, at least better than the first live action one. I don't remember. I don't know if I've seen Retaliation. I've seen the trailers. I don't remember if I ever caught it though. If you can get the director's cut, it adds a little bit in that makes the story more coherent. It's not a perfect movie, but it's a lot better than I think people give it credit for. But yeah, Megatron doing the the classic like leaning forward weapons at the ready. I will kill you, Prime. Mm-hmm. And they get to Tuslin and. <laughs> I think my favorite shot in the battle scene is where RC who clearly got must play basketball. Cause she's got a great vertical leap, but she gets mm-hmm. up and she straight up stabs Thundercracker through the face. 
you know, or nose cone or something. Yeah. Like, it, it, like that's got to hurt. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And what happens to Soundwave in this book is just devastating. Like, that's one of my favorite Decepticons. Don't do that. Like, don't don't mess with Soundwave. Yeah, but that happens after one of the no shit Sherlock betrayals in the in this story. Where I was waiting for it. I was oh, like, when's yeah, it gonna I mean, happen? Yeah. They were almost ready to activate Grimlock. My boy yep. Jazz was getting laid up, sideswiped. They even got goddamn Windblade. And then finally, these technologically advanced autonomous robotic organisms from the planet Cybertron finally noticed the ticking clock! Yeah. And... Which is only... The only thing that makes that even worse is where Velocity... Nice job. Thumbs up the Terminator. The Terminator thumbs up her, which I'm told may or may not be a ref in my research, may or may not be a reference to the self-termination, quote-unquote, from T2. Yeah. I was like, oh, you... Barber? Millen? You guys are great (laughs) artists. You're great creators, but you're sons of bitches. Yeah. And this is the thing, and this is why I don't understand, like... I understand sales and numbers, and if that didn't pan out, I get it fine. And sadly, John is no longer with IDW. He's moved on to elsewhere, I believe. And uh, it it just kind of sucks. But when when IDW, I mean, for 13 years, IDW did, uh, you know, amazing stuff with all of the licenses, but specifically Transformers. And these Transformers crossovers are just fun. Gold. And not to sour the moment. Like, literally, I I have... I'm missing maybe two dozen comics just from the last couple of years of mm-hmm. the first era of Transformers with IDW. And honestly, the only problem I have had with IDW Transformers was the origin of RC. Like, I love Simon Furman. That, yeah. that dude is a thing. But how he created RC in this universe, that is some ignorant bitch-level shit, sir. It, I'm it, sorry. It is, and I agree with you. Yeah. Have you read – I assume you've read further in because they've kind oh, of yeah. fixed – Okay. Oh, so no, they, no, no. I, I uh, mean, when RC first came out and billion a billion years ago, I love how they drew him and – RC was originally a dude, folks, for those that don't know, who yeah. was the twin brother of Galvatron, and they were both drawn to look like the original 1986 Galvatron Here. toy. Yeah. Uh, specifically the toy. And then there's the super, this mad scientist, Giaxis, who basically tries to create a female gender in the Transformers race. Yeah. Because he... Th- Hey, let's see if this works. This is a cool idea. And then they tried, they quote unquote fix. It's a, it's a horrible, gross thing. And it has to be acknowledged as such. And I forget which writer came up with the idea that no, Giaxis did that, but literally they had female transformers before, and they had been missing from Cybertron for so many millions of years that everyone collectively forgot females existed. And but it's just ridiculous. And what I love about IDW is that they 
Now, I, and people will know this because we've covered almost all of it, I did not join Transformers IDW on Phase 1. So I have never read Infestation, Infiltration, any of that. I've never read the original ongoing that they did. I started at Death of Optimus Prime, and then I went to More Than Meets the Eye and Robots in Disguise, which is essentially IDW Phase 2. And the way that the writers and the artists have these characters, they feel, even though they're robots, they feel like they are humans because you are giving robots emotions. You're giving robots they are characters. purpose. Exactly, yes. They are characters. And, you know, they need to be handled as such. And I don't think Simon, as good as he is, I don't think he was really thinking of the character <laughs> at the time when he I, made that uh, decision. It's, it's a muckraking kind of storytelling idea. And really, that's I don't yeah. I haven't read all yeah. of his work, but uh, I've never read any of the Transformers UK stories. And there's a mountain of info there. Of, yeah. Work, his work just say like not your greatest moment dude now that being said and, and just to talk about the thing some of the great things about the transformers idw comics is unless there's a human in the story mm-hmm. i forget that these guys are like 10 12 20 feet tall <laughs> like just it's it, it's from the storytelling it's not necessarily art because when you see them like the scavengers in uh was that more robots? Was RID was the one? Was that the one where uh, the good ship lollipop captained by Hot Rod? No, that's more than meets the eye. Okay, more than meets the eye. You have the the God. I'm trying. It's it's this group of malcontent, like mismatched uh, Decepticons who are just trying to survive. It's almost. I. I it's not the Suicide Squad, but it's this. Bumbling it's group, yeah. It's it's eh, it's more guardians, but it's this bumbling groups of like there's spinister and crosshairs and croc, mm-hmm. and it's just these guys and they're characters, like they're these bumbling idiots that you can't just help love. And when you see other transformers walking through a door down the hallway in a ship, like you don't think of them as being these huge. You just think of them as being characters, like one of the and we'll get back to the Terminator in a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the greatest like gut punch of a, more than a few and more than meets the eye was the the mutiny when mm-hmm. Megatron came on board, you know, seeking redemption after the death of his friend Bumblebee. Like the fact they turned they I, I classic Frank Welker Megatron's always going to kind of be my favorite, but number two by the slimmest of hairs is IDW Megatron, where you get to know him over the years as a character. You see his origin as this humble laborer who's Mm -hmm. a lot smarter than people give him credit for, and that whole idea of form dictates function in the Mm -hmm. IDW Transformers-verse. Like, legitimate fucking character. So that mutiny, where everyone's like, fuck you, Megatron's here, he's fucking the devil. Yep. Yeah, you know. and then, uh, you know, not to go back and repeat ourselves and repeat myself for history that we've already covered, but then they go and make Megatron an Autobot and put him on the Lost Light with Rodimus well, yeah. and crew. And I'm like, oh my, this is like, that's what I want. Animate, yes, animate all the crossovers, but 
Megatron as an Autobot on the Lost Light and the rest of that. I want that yeah. animated. Well, anyway, there's a Flame Toys figure with him with uh, uh-huh. I think it's got he's got the Autobot insignia on his chest, but there's also a version where you have that where how he tore off that uh, Autobot insignia and just pl- like sticks it on his chest, so it looks like this torn piece of shrapnel. And mm-hmm. not not only the mutiny, the following arc where the Decepticon Justice Division shows up in the Necrobots world. And Megatron, he'd been seeking peace. He'd been seeking redemption. Then he traps himself in that force field with Karn and goes absolute ape shit. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. But also, oh, God, no. Because he was happy. The the whole thing with Ravage, where Ravage died. Yeah. You know, and the fact Ravage was a character and he wasn't just this, you know, autistic Decepticon that growled at people. Yeah. You know. That's the best thing about ID that IDW did with the transport. It made them real. It made them you care about these characters beyond crying when Optimus Prime died in the movie, and that still makes me sad when I think about it. But yeah, so may, we we start the fourth issue, mm-hmm. uh, getting back to task here with Starscream holding a bunch of Cyberdyne people hostage. You know, you're trying to con the Terminator into a deal, and. Uh, don't ever change screamer. Don't ever change, <laughs> you know, but the, my, possibly my favorite moment comes up pretty shortly here. Like we get uh sound wave taken out very, uh, ignominiously. Yeah. It's brutal. Uh, Soundwave superior. Fuck you. Star scream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and again, Terminator, good riddance. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm going to give you a point there, comic. But uh, I love how he, he gets out, prepare for termination, Cybertronian. And Megatron's like, would you please stop that? Because <laughs> <laughs> he throws him and he takes out Starscream. Kind of. And Optimus Prime gets the gut shot with the golden axe. And just that scene of like he's got the axe overhead and Megatron like it's like his innards are pouring out or you know energon all mm-hmm. that, but we get the showdown. We get your terminated fucker in this comic where yep. Sarah's pinned by Ravage. She feeds the gun. It's like time for your permanent cat nap. Boom! I was yeah. like, oh, this is Sarah Connor. Yep, you know it absolutely is. And then she's like, oh, I can't believe that worked. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, kind of the, the Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor, but you have moments like, oh, I can't believe that worked. Well, yeah. It, it doesn't really, but it is. But, you know, it's just... Um, it's, so as soon... Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I say, as soon as I saw her, first time I read it, when I reread it, you know, the other yesterday, it's was like, you're terminated, fucker. Like, I heard that, mm-hmm. that, that tone in that moment. And I'm pretty sure it was designed as such. Also, when you get to the next page and RC and B and Velocity are fighting the Insecticons, I want a Velocity toy. I want a Flame Toys mm-hmm. figure of Velocity that turns into a Trans Am. Mm-hmm. And if you can get a repaint in black and gold so we can nickname her the Bandit, I would be happy. <laughs> and we... 
I just the the fact that our boy he got taken out like a bitch, but he goes out like a boss. You know, yeah. Because I don't care. It's like he he gut shot Star Scream and good. Yep. Fuck your chicken strips. That's just <laughs> just screw you, Scream. You magnificent metal bastard. <laughs> yep. And then I loved go terminate yourself with the Terminator. Ha ha ha. The Terminator has acquired humor. <laughs> and yeah, like it's, I would prefer Soundwave going out, but getting taken out by two foes versus getting, you know, backstabbed the way he was. Mm-hmm. And then I love B throws a touchdown pass to yeah. RC who runs it in for the final points. Yep. And, and it doesn't redeem what he did at the arc. But to have the Terminator acknowledge freedom is the right of all sentient beings, the the Terminator AI's mm-hmm. learning computer and it can achieve sentience and it possibly has by this point. And yeah, yeah, so Megatron dies by terminal injection. I'm sorry, it's the best I could come up with. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true. Yeah. Well, he kind of dies. He doesn't really die, does he? Well, yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, he in this moment, he dies where, you know, the Terminator goes in and terminates his spark with extreme prejudice. Oh, and, yes, yes, yes. Okay. What's the you meaning know, of this? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and yes, just yes. the question marks, which is the hallmark of confusion in comics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I love that scene. This was supposed to be your death. Your death. And goodbye, Megatron. Goodbye, my friend. You know, the lights go out in his eyes and he crashes and, mm-hmm. you know, it's the end of the story. Like Optimus, you know, uh, decides like Sarah's like, I'm going to keep an eye on you. I'll keep an eye on you guys. B takes her back home. Uh, you see the Terminator's been fused into the remains of Megatron. And even the first time, because... I, I will admit this. I'm not a huge fan of the the Bay films, the Bay formers, except for the first one. I think that one is legitimately the best. Uh, part four is okay. Part five has a lot of problems, but I'd still sooner watch that than two or three. But as soon as I saw the Terminator fused into Megatron, I knew what the final shot of this story was going to be. <laughs> but before we get there, we get... The Decepticons, Skywarp, and Thundercracker, who I did not think survived either of their attacks. Uh, well, actually, it's not. Is it? Oh, it's, yeah, it's a kickback and uh, was it Bombshell? No, and it, 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 it's Velocity, Bombshell, Thundercracker. I think that's Skywarp, and then yeah, RC and B. Well, no, and when you look at the silhouettes on the left side, there's the. Uh, the stag beetle, that's uh, shrapnel, isn't oh, it? Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now you have, they're not Autobots, they're not Decepticons, they're Cybertronians, you know. Yeah. Like, we're, we're all that we have left of each other and possibly our planet, and we have no way home. So it's, we go to later, Sarah Connor walks past the restaurant into Skywatch. She has become, like, the director of Skywatch. So this is probably a few years later... You know, she's worked, she's been hired, she's worked her way up. You know, she's keeping tabs. She's got the classic tube TV wall of 
various cameras while looking at the different transformers. Yep. And she's like, told you I'd keep an eye on you. And then we go underneath. Now, whether or not she is aware of this or not, we don't know. They have the dead carcass of Megatron and we see the hunter killer drones are being rebuilt in the image of him and they've pulled a KSI from Transformers 4 where mm-hmm. they're going to use the what remains of the AI to you know, they've created Skynet now it's going to be really creepy when you see an army of T-800 speaking with the voice of Frank Welker mm-hmm. that would be fucking awesome though yeah, that would be fucking awesome. That would be you know, amazing. That's the end of the series. They live. I don't, do they do the classic, the end question mark? Yes, they do. And uh, <laughs> if they ever, with the, whoever has the new rights, if they yep. do a sequel, like this is 1985, 86, the sequel has to take place in 2005. It's only oh, yeah. right. Yeah. It's only right. Yeah, absolutely. That would be I'm, the only thing. The only misstep in this final shot, and, and I, it's not a huge misstep, it's just, you know, nitpicky fan gripes. When you see that shot of the hunter-killer tanks sitting there with the treads and all that, they should have been redesigned to look like Tank or from Beast Machines. I sense I've committed a sin. <laughs> no, Mike's right. just like dead silence. I was like, "Oh right, Mike doesn't no. like that show." No, no, no. You're, you're. What do you mean? I don't like Beast Machines. Shut your mouth. I love Beast Machines. No, you're absolutely right. This final shot should have been Tankors. But because they're dealing with '84 and Generation One and that style. It isn't, but yeah, yeah that that would be. <laughs> yeah. be stretching when you look at the uh, supercomputer cyber stack there it, in between the giant hunter killer Megatrons and the T eight hundreds. I I have what what if in the sequel they Skynet 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 has built itself up into a mobile command base that has three alternate modes. Yep. And what if one of those modes just happens to be a dinosaur for some reason that we are never told because it's a machine intelligence and way smarter than us humans, but that it would also necessitate the Autobots creating their own super base. And I really just want to see Metroplex and Trypticon go at it one more time. <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah, that, that's... Yeah, that's this book, and this book was fun. It was interesting. Oh, yeah. It was cool. It was fun. The writing is is good. Uh, I think this writing is a little bit better than the writing in in Transformers: Back to the Future. Yeah, uh, I think the two properties melded a little bit better here than there. Um, but man, no, I, this is easily four four out of five for me because yeah. it's it's. It was fun. It was very, very fun. And like I, I said, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was saying, I agree with you. It's a four out of five. Like I said, it's only that one point back for a couple of things. I would have loved it. Like, if I were writing this, I would have done pretty much everything except have the twist being that, uh, have it a, a self fulfilling paradox time travel idea where the Terminator mm-hmm. doesn't blow up the arc, it infects it with Skynet. Yeah. 
so you leave the, like the final the Optimus Prime's walking away and it's shutting down Teletran one because I'm sure the Terminator the Transformers turn off their computers from time to time. It's just don't waste energy. And it's as the lights click off one by one, and finally you go back to the screen, which was a nice blue. And right before it clicks off in that final panel, it's red and then mm-hmm. black seam. Yeah. And just to set that hook, like sequel bait for a sequel, which we may or may not ever get. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But yeah, four out of five. The art by Alex Milne was on point. I love at the back of the trade, you get some character design sheets of RC velocity. I love the fact that the entire Firebird, Firebird hood is her backplate. Mm-hmm. I, I just something about that. I love that design. Uh, the T8000 um, Megatron, like they all have like the weird metal mullet helmet of Megatron mm-hmm. with the a bucket helmet. Face. Yep. Yep. And again, Milne's art, like you need to hook up and start making designs for toys for Flame Toys or Fans Project or any of these other like third party Transformers, sir, because you have a gift. Yes. I don't even know if Fans Project is still around. It's it's more like Flame Toys and these other companies have kind of like like I don't even know. But yeah, no. Transformers Terminator four out of five. The art is amazing. The story was great. Like you've been saying, Alex Milne, the the man, he's just a such a great artist. Like Yeah. For, for me, Good. Fans project is still just looking at a wiki here. Like there's a bunch of stuff that hasn't been released yet, but as far as I'm aware, they haven't shuttered or anything, but anyway, please continue. So for me, like my top, top transformers artist from IDW is Livio Remondelli, but Alex is in very close, like on the heels of like, I'm not saying that Alex is, like I'm not trying to say that one is better than the other, but for me, I, if I see Livio's art, I'm like, ooh, I'm there. And same thing with Alex with this. I was like, ooh, this is awesome. This like looks just like Generation One stuff with the Transformers and the Terminator stuff. The thing about Terminator, and I don't understand this, is why they did not in the fifth. John Connor was in the fifth film, or no? I don't remember Genesis that much. Well, no, he was, uh, yeah, he was, he got turned into the nanotech Terminator. Okay. So, I don't understand, like, from, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, for me, the ultimate is Terminator 2. And the person that played John Connor back then was Edward Furlong. And... And then you had Nick Stahl in three. Uh Yep. So my Uh, thing is, like, when they did Genesis and Dark Fate, why not bring Edward Furlong back? As I I understand, in Salvation, it was it was Batman, but that's that's a whole other thing. They they could have more easily brought back Nick Stahl because I'm not saying Edward Furlong doesn't deserve to have a career, but if you've seen him the last few years, just with you know, the addiction problems, all that in his face. He looks like a melting wax statue. Yeah. The only images Wikipedia has is, uh, from 2009 
and in 2010. And yeah, well, you're you, right. You look up, uh, what is it, Stargate or Star Trek Renegades, which is like this massive mm-hmm. fan film. Yep. Uh, like you look at him in there, like that's kind of what he looks like now. Yeah. It's just. And then, oh, sure. he, he isn't. Oh, he's only a reference. Facial motion capture only. I was going to yeah. say he is in Dark Fate because I was like, oh, should I watch Dark Fate or not? I've heard it's Nick- it's really it's good. I was surprised at how much I liked it. And I'm well, until you see it, I don't want to say anything else because it's yeah. a slight spoiler. But it's I I it was definitely on the level. I think it's a slightly bit better than uh T three, T three, I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, yeah. But overall, as a Terminator film, Dark Fate is a lot better, and there's a huge thing that they change with the the mythology, and I think it kind of works in a lot, you know, in a way. Yeah. So you see what happens, but. Uh, yeah. So before we take it to a break, really quick, for the scavenger group that we mentioned earlier, it's Croc. Crankcase, Flywheels, Misfire, and Spinister, and Fulcrum are the the scavengers that you were talking about earlier from IDW. Oh, yeah. And then uh, later on, they get uh, Nickel, who's this uh, little minicon designed in the way the minicons look from uh, R.I.D. 2015. Yep. Who's like this saucy, salty little medic bot. Yeah, he's kind of like Fix-It, yeah. Her. Her, Okay. Oh no no she and she's just she's a bitch. <laughs> she's she's their bitch. And uh they also get a member in Grimlock who mm-hmm. by that point in the story had he got I forget if it was Deathsaurus or Overlord. I think it was Overlord beat up Grimlock so bad cuz throughout most of the comics IDW comics folks Grimlock was a badass. He was Conan the Barbarian in the body of a robotic Tyrannosaurus Rex. But when he ends up with the scavengers, he's been beat stupid to the point he's me am Grimlock, me one barium baloney. Like he was dumb. Yeah. And he eventually gets better, but that's how Grimlock and and it was the best part where he he's in a he, he's in a CR chamber and he wakes up and he explodes out of there and starts kicking these Decepticon bat baddies asses and Spinister is like, I told you. Mm-hmm. And everyone just looks at Spinister as if to say, you idiot. <laughs> but yeah. And it's funny. I was looking up Nickel on, on the TF wiki and, you know, certain search engines will finish things for you. Yeah. And Nickel is the top finish. Guess what the second finish after you just type in Nickel is. Hmm. It's. Our favorite Canadian band, Nickelback. And I had to click you on don't this. Don't say. <laughs> I had to click on this, and I was like, oh, okay. So the entry for Nickelback on the TF Wiki is Nickelback is a rock band from Hannah, Alberta, Canada. Their song, Burn It to the Ground, is on the Revenge of the so- Fallen soundtrack. Canada is so, so sorry. <laughs> uh, we don't have enough time to talk about that. <laughs> Sure no, no, I mean, just... No, yeah, no, not, I mean, like, not today, but another time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you yeah, know, I was looking through various things, and I had sent... I was looking through 
I was trying to find a picture of Megatron the Autobot, and I looked at the IDW continuity, and I, I know where it is. I know whatever. But at one point, they're like, oh, there were all of these Megatrons. There was green Megatron and red Megatron and purple Megatron. I'm like, purple Megatron? What? I know technically that would be Beast Wars, but I looked at it, and the picture I had sent you was the alternative Galvatron-type thing where – they called that purple Megatron. And I was like, oh, that's a real. I never got into the alternative stuff, but that's fucking cool. I like that car. That car mm-hmm. is really cool. So I think that. Do you have anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to bring up before I take it to a break? If you love Terminators, if you love Transformers, buy this now for the love of Primus. Yes. Get this trade now before you can't get it anymore. And that's the strange thing that's going to happen with the IDW books. If you have the money to invest in them, get all of what is called the IDW collections because they collect stuff in story order and it is the entirety of the continuity. There's like, I don't know, 20 something volumes of it or whatever. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back to close the show after this. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, I'm Dan, and I'm the host of the Rock Nerd Radio Show, which airs live on HudsonRiverRadio.com every Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It also gets backed up as a podcast, which you can find on your preferred podcasting platform. Every week on my show, I talk about all kinds of pop culture. I talk about music. I talk about movies, TV, comics, collectibles, and so much more. I also feature a guest on my show periodically, which you might enjoy. I have a couple of special segments on my show, one called The Cover Song of the Week and My Favorite Thing in the World This Week. If you think this sounds cool, check it out sometime. I hope you do. Discover a world of vintage and modern toys that's more than meets the eye with the Triple Takeover Toycast. Hosted by toy writers and photographers Toybox Soapbox, 6O, and TF Square One, this informal and chilled out series of discussions cover everything from vintage Transformers to Mask, Diaclone, Microman, and more, be it nostalgic or current. Whether you're a seasoned collector or a casual robot enthusiast, all are welcome. Triple Takeover Toycast. Like science fiction? Of course you do, or you wouldn't be listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Well, the Mark Who 42's Universe podcast is an award-winning sci-fi radio show that's been around for over 10 years. We cover everything from Doctor Who to the MCU 
to pop culture and everything in between. A new show drops on Tuesday mornings on the GCRN website and all of the major podcast platforms. So listen to the Marku 42's Universe podcast from the universe and beyond. You are receiving this transmission from the Rod Pod. Upload pending. Stand by for soundtrack transfer. I am Maggie. And I am John. And we are trapped, hurtling through space in a ship shaped like Rodimus's head. The ship, for reasons we haven't been able to determine, contains the entire run of the IDW Transformers Phase 2 comic. Which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons. So we figure we may as well read them all in order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by. Upload complete now. The Rod Pod. Look for us at marriedwcomics.libsyn.com at iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found. So, uh, all are one. Till all are one. I know what we're doing today. Okay, Michael, if we're going to tackle this podcast thing, we've got to do something really special. It has to be cool, daily, in audio form, and undetectable by radar. Something that screams summer. I know, let's do a Phineas and Ferb review podcast. We'll call it the Podcast Organization Without a Cool Acronym, or PALCA for short. What do you think? I think if we're not careful, Candace is going to bust us. You can find PALCA on the GeekCast, Radio Network, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and all of the other methods you find podcasts. Okay then, carry on. On the Simplistic Reviews podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk. Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spots sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Download this show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. I'm back. We are back, and that's going to do it for episode 491 of The Pull Bag. JT, any, anything you want to say, anything you want to promote, any, anything you got you want the listeners to know about? If you love hearing overly opinionated nerds bitch moan and complain about comics, check me and Ben and Red Ink out on the Comic Connoisseurs podcast. Uh, and if you like a slightly less ranty, though not by much, and definitely not nearly as bitching and moaning and complaining of check me out on twigs Sunday funnies alongside uh, Birdman and myself and sometimes Alex, not often read comics people. Yes. Read comics. Absolutely. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us here inside the pull bag. If you'd like to get in contact with us, really feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website geekcastradio.com where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. 
send us email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. You can check us out on Apple and Google Podcasts and Spotify and all that good stuff. So do that. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio for Network at the Pullbag for the show. I am at TFG and Mike, and your Twitter is sir at JT from Saskatoon. Become a fan of Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcastradio. You can also check out the pullback over there as well. Join us next time when we will be getting the comic reading origins of Dan from Rock Nerd Radio. For now, I am TFG and Mike with... JT from Saskatoon. As always, make your great escape into comics and we will catch you next time. It's a pity you Autobots die so easily, or I might have a sense of satisfaction now. You got the touch! You got the... Arise, Rodimus Prime. Optimus. You've just heard the latest episode of The Pullback, the GCRN's first comic review and discussion podcast. There are several ways to get in touch with us and leave feedback for the show. You can visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on the episode and all of our different podcasts. You can rate and leave a review for the show on iTunes. Be sure to leave us feedback. Become a fan of us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thepullbag. Send us an email, feedback at geekcastradio.com. Follow us on Twitter at thepullbag and at geekcastradio. So until next time, make your great escape into comics and unleash the geek in you. That's it. That's it. I'll be back.